Hello and welcome to Unsocial Commentary Week 2. My name is Nana. And I am Andrew. Okay, so last week we actually started off with um, our decision to leave the teams that we support. And that's actually, I think I've actually, oh, you've actually lost out if you actually really left Chelsea. But then again, if you think about what you said last week, is that you don't really know if you have left Chelsea. Um, and I'm sure there's more motivation for you not to leave Chelsea now that they're in the Champions League final. Uh, no, nah, not really. Um, still planning on not supporting them in the future. Obviously, as I said last time, still follow results and all of that. So, yeah, I'll see what they do. Um, I probably won't watch a match, to be honest. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of football these days, unless it is international competitions. Um, but yeah, good luck to them. We'll see. Hopefully they can keep City out tonight. And at least not let City win it against them. So even though you don't like them, you still support them? <clears throat> uh, they'll always have a spot in my heart because they were the first football club that I actually paid attention to and watched. Hmm. And yeah, the first football club I supported and got to know got to know all the players. So that generation of Chelsea at least will I'll always support that team. This team right now though Maybe not so much. So who was that? Who was in that generational team that you, that made you watch football? Uh, yeah, so it was I think Mourinho's first year in charge. So it was Petacek, John Terry, uh, Joe Cole was there, Frank Lampard, Didier, Ian Robin was around, Michael Essien, Balak I think. Balak came a bit later. Okay. Claudio Makélélé. Wayne Bridge, Paolo Ferreira, Sean Wright Phillips. Sean Wright Phillips, yeah. Hey, you guys so, had some powerhouses back then. Yeah, no, there was a very good team, and I think they probably could have played better, but obviously Mourinho came in with his style of play, and a 1 0 was good enough for Mourinho. So they weren't the most exciting team to watch, hmm. but they got the results, and yeah. They won silverware, which is exactly what Roman came in to do, why he brought Jose in in the first place. So, yeah, even though it wasn't that great to watch, he got the, got the job done. But so, then if it wasn't great to watch, what is it that made you actually want to support them? Uh, it was more camaraderie with the guys at school. Hmm. So this was the first time that I'd really, other than rugby teams, had a group it's a, it was a different group of friends mm. that I'd been introduced to through football so it was that but also just the characters the foot the players themselves were characters mm. I mean John Terry is a flawed man but <laughs> for me he's still yeah he's captain my captain mm. even though he has done a whole lot of shit in his life oh, okay <laughs> and a lot of people hate him asked yeah for me he is still the greatest center back I don't know if it's a theory, but I think there was a, maybe it's a conspiracy theory. There was a, either a theory or assumption that all the farmers at Hostel at Queens supported Chelsea. That is true. We were all Chelsea fans. Why? I don't know. It just happened that way. Oh, okay. You think it was not that someone picked it and then everyone decided to jump on the bandwagon that they motivated you or it just so happened? Except for your brother, obviously. No, I mean, well, maybe not so much with my brother and them. But definitely in our year, hmm. all the farmers were Chelsea fans. Hmm. Not exactly sure why. Um, don't know. Okay. No, that's, that's a bit weird. 
But anyway, back to well, this Champions League on Andrew's side, on my side, Europa League. I told you, I knew, I knew that Arsenal were not going to beat Villarreal. I almost said Sevilla by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Arsenal was not going to beat uh, Villarreal. Um, it just so happens to be the club that I'm going to support from now on. Before I knew that they were going to get to the final. Against Manu, I do not think they're going to win. But yeah, it's, I guess, something in the right direction for my new club. And yeah, as you can see, Arsenal. Who did they? So they lost to, to who was it? So they lost to obviously Villarreal. I can't remember where they're sitting now. Yeah, basically, no, put it this way. They lost to Villarreal, right? And then that's Unai Emery, the old coach. Is it Villarreal? Yes. I think so. Yes. Yeah. So with, uh, I wouldn't say subpar team because that'll be like bad against my new team. Mm. But with a subpar team in inverted brackets compared to the likes of players and caliber of players that you have in Arsenal, you know, he knocked them out. And that just goes to show how... I'm, I'm going to keep on saying Arteta is super crap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the financial clout that Arsenal have behind them. Okay, I mean, the chairman and the board don't really want to spend their money. They yeah. are using Arsenal as a business to make money for themselves, mm-hmm. which I guess you could understand, but a football club is there to to win things, surely. No, so, I mean, but what I'm saying is that it's a in your means. If Sevilla can get the, oh, sorry, <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm, you can see I'm a new supporter. If Villarreal can do that well with the with the players that they have, and Arsenal, I'm not saying that they must go compete with City or anything like that. That's what I'm saying that this is now Europa League. There, it's not your top caliber teams or in inverted brackets. There are some to get to the final with at least, let's say, a average budget because they they they're above average. You know, average budget for me will be someone like you know. Aston Villa or something like that. We're above average. Like, we're in the top tier in terms of budgets. Yes, we don't splash like City. We don't splash like, um, what do you call it? I don't say like Chelsea. Well, Chelsea went on a spree recently with Havertz and... and, uh, and um, yeah, but that was after a ban. So Correct. So they had a bit of capital. Yeah, up. but that's what I'm saying. That We've got money. Like, we played, paid a lot for Thomas Partey, which I'm not even sure if he has been playing. When last he played, obviously, I think there was injuries. They decided, he still decided to get rid of Puzzle. Um, Who knows why? But with a average, that's I'm saying that, okay, cool. Don't spend millions and billions or, you know, half a ton, or half, a, half, a bill, half, a, uh, half a billion. Yeah. I think some clubs obviously like City is putting in quite a lot of money. Don't spend that amount of money. But at least, you know, do well with what you do have and not finish, what, 8th, ninth, 10th? I don't even know. Wait, let me even hold on. Let me even actually find out how bad it is because, you see, I don't even know where this team of mine is. Yeah, no, I think at the moment they're around, I think they're ninth at this, at this stage. But you would expect a lot more from a, a team with uh, those resources and the players that they've got at their disposal. I mean, it's not as if Arteta, it's not like it's his first season. Yes. And he's had a bit of time to bed himself in, get the guys playing the way he wants them to play. As you're saying, a guy like Thomas Partey, he's exactly what Arsenal needed in the midfield. Yeah. And, well... I haven't watched, but from what I can see, it doesn't look like he's playing at all Mm-mm. or even playing the role he's supposed to be playing. Exactly. So we're sitting at, I say we, it's, <laughs> it's a very bad habit and it's a very hard habit to shake off, but Arsenal sitting at 10th. So what you have is, okay, City won, which we know they might be winning the, the, the Premier League, depending on how it goes today. United 2, and at some point in time at the beginning of the season, I was laughing at United because they were doing badly and then all of a sudden, hey, like they've just gone up and stayed up there and that's great like 
they do have a hot team at the end of the day. Like it was just last season was just about getting people to work together. Leeds, no, not Leeds, Leicester, third. Like, yeah, I don't know. Okay, they have won Premier League before more recently than Arsenal. So you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. But even in that squad, like, is it? I think they've got uh, some good defenders. Yeah, it's been well put together yeah. and well coached. So, I mean, they haven't splashed the cash on anyone. Yeah. They've been lucky in that they did have or found Jamie Vardy when they did. Exactly. So he's been able to lead the line for the past five seasons or something. Yeah. When he was injured, they did struggle for a little bit. And Ian Nacho, mm. his form's dipped and he wasn't in great form. But yes, he's now picked his form up yeah, quite, quite well. On my fantasy, he got me seven points. So I don't know if he scored or assisted, but he's doing well. Yeah, but I mean, they lost now to Leeds tonight. Earlier no, this Tottenham. Oh, was that Spurs? Tottenham lost. Not Leicester. Leicester yeah. lost last night to Newcastle. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, and Leicester just, they invest their money wildly. I mean, that 50 million for Harry Maguire didn't go into just one person. Mm. I think they bought two or three players. Mm. And they've sort of identified some good, young, maybe not quite obscure talent in Europe, mm-hmm. but guys that maybe the big clubs looked at but were not too impressed or inclined to buy them because they wouldn't fit straight into the squad mm. like a Yuri Tillemans I mean he's come in and he's lit that Leicester midfield up. And was he not from Bayern? No or he, he was moved from Man- Monaco Monaco but right. he, oh, yes. he was he only spent a single season in Monaco he was, he's French he was, though right? No he's Belgian Belgian? Yeah. Oh wait oh, he was at Underlecht, if I remember correctly. He hasn't played for a big club? No. Not yet. Not Marseille or anything. Maybe no. Monaco, because I remember him from FIFA. Like, yeah. he was a person I would buy, like, if I managed Monaco, two or three seasons ago, went through a stage where they picked up all the young talent in Europe that they could. Oh, okay. They tried to build a young, talented side with the idea of selling them on. Oh, okay. Like, so they wanted to sell them. Type of thing. Yeah. Develop them and then sell on. So... Yeah, like what they did with Mbappe, and I think don't want to do a similar model. Don't want to say RB Leipzig are doing that, yeah. but I think that used to be their model, but yeah. now they're actually trying to push forward yeah. and actually win the Bundesliga. Because the big clubs just picked them apart and just like, oh, here's money, come through. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's still going to happen for a little while mm. until uh, Leipzig do start winning things or at least challenging for the title, mm. which they should do in the next few years, although. Nachelsmann is leaving. Yeah. But they do seem to have a good uh, good coach coming in. So, yeah, that's interesting times in the Bundesliga. Oh, Nachelsmann so, going to Bayern, though, I don't know. They might just continue dominating. Yeah. No, I think that's it's going to be hard to get the right person to fit the mold that they had and give them the advantages that they were seeing. But even then, that's what I'm saying. Still Arsenal, right? Fine. Modest budget and stuff like that. Okay, Leicester, we understand they play money ball, not money ball per se in the cheaper sense, but with a lot, with a bigger budget, they play money ball, right? Mm-hmm. They're finding value for the yeah. players that they're building and uh, yeah. buying. I mean, um, they've got in the squad. There's even talks of I think some of the defenders that Germany wants. I mean, not Germany. Um, the German clubs are looking for them. I can't remember which player it was, but Soyuncu probably. Yeah, you see the guy, the Turk with the long hair. Yes. Yeah. So you know they've they've found people where they're like well. We don't know who this person is right now, but all of a sudden, like, wow, 
Kante is obviously, you know, one of the examples of that. Mm. Uh, Vardy, yes, is the most popular one, but Kante is also one of those things. Like, no one knew who that guy was until he came through with Leicester, right? Yeah. And they're doing a lot of things. Iheanacho, yes, we knew who Iheanacho was, but he's being revived, obviously, at Leicester again. Well, yeah, I mean, Iheanacho was at City. Was at City. Yeah. He was sort of given a bit part role sometimes. That's a problem with having Aguero there mm. and then Jesus behind him. Mm. So he was never really given the chance. So Leicester took a punt, picked him up and... Okay, maybe in the beginning it wasn't so so great, but he seems to have settled in now, and he's actually scoring goals. So, yeah, you know, it seems to be coming right for him. So they they've obviously that's what I'm saying. They've picked the right people. Um, us, well, I say us, Arsenal with our I wouldn't say bigger big budget, but yeah, with a decent budget, no, we no, can't even be fighting. Without a doubt, bigger budget. Yes, without a doubt. But I mean the fact that. I mean, yeah, I mean, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang up front, you've got Lacazette, uh, yeah, I, don't, I think it's defence, mm. like Arsenal always just seem to want to have the flashy players, yeah. the big names up front, and then just forget about the defence, and just let them carry on as usual, even though they are as you'd call them, potatoes. No, but I call them potatoes because they're failing to score, like that's what happened against Sevilla, right, it was a draw. The previous game, it was what... Was a two one two one, you know. Um, fine, concede. I'm not saying that um, that I'm not giving the defense excuse, but even those that's something. Nicholas Pepe, people raved about him, right? Lacazette is is a beast on his good day, but and then also obviously you've got Obama. Now they've obviously got that um, who's this kid from Real Madrid, uh, Odegaard or whatever you call him. Um, and like I thought, okay, fine, he'll do something, especially because I think Arteta had to do something with kicking Uzo out. Mm, mm. But even then, lackluster. But this is um, the thing. I mean, you guys brought in Odegaard, and now you have to loan out Joe Willock and Maitland Niles because there's no spot in the team for them. Mm. Meanwhile, I mean, they were developing quite well. Yes, I would rather have them. Well, Same. I mean, under Arsene Wenger, they would have been playing. Yes, they would have stuck around, and they wouldn't have gone and loaned mm. Odegaard from Madrid. And it's just going to be a six-month loan. I don't think it'll be a permanent move. Yeah, and yeah. Because I don't, I don't know about Zidane sticking around in Madrid this season again. Because I think, yeah, Odegaard seemed to be making headway into the Madrid side at one stage. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, he just dropped Got out of the favor. team. I mean, him and, is it Asensio who's struggling? Or is it Isco? Isco. You're Isco. Isco. Yeah, Hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you one of the only fit outfield players and you're not even named in the 23-man squad. Yeah. No, and, and the thing is, Isco is a baller. Like, I don't know. And he's, I think it's one of those things he just needs more game time. But, hey, I don't know. Managers, I think. But not even managers. I think footballers sometimes have themselves to blame. Like, they know they're not in the starting team, nowhere near the team. But they will persist and stay at the club because they're earning good money. They'd rather just sit there, understand it's their career. Yeah. They, It's a short short-term thing mm. so take as much money as you can when you can take it but i mean if you're really serious about playing football go force a move take a little bit of a pay cut i mean shit what is 20 grand a week yeah no, i guess so but remember there's also managers which i wouldn't say their fees force the players to obviously take the salary but i'm sure the managers also have their incentive right just to be like hey stick around the club that's going to give you a lot more money so where are you going to go which other clubs going to pay you as much Nesco was obviously, I can't remember what they sold him for, what they bought him for, but that was a lot of money. 
mm. you know, and I don't know who's going to match that. Where would he fit in? So where else would he go, right? He could possibly go Germany, right? Um, Premier League, which team would he be in? Would he fit into City? I don't think so. Because uh, City, that midfield is, you know, it's, it's sorted. Yeah. Um, Man U, does he seem like a Man U character? I would love him at Arsenal compared to Odegaard, yes. Definitely. I think actually that could be a very good fit, but I don't know. We just need a different manager, to be honest with you. I'm afraid Arsenal will be stuck with Arteta for at least next season. Unless he really cocks up next season. But I mean, even this season, if he finishes, well, I mean, that's the first time in what's it, either 21 or 25 years, Arsenal Mm. won't have European football now next season. So. Usually that's enough to get sacked. Yeah. Especially for a, a big, big six club. club. So yeah, I don't know what the Arsenal board are looking at. I don't know. He no, must be I'm making them money or they're happy that he is not demanding anything. But then again he is only a head coach. He's not a manager. Oh yeah, as you said that there's a difference now between managers and coaches, head coaches. Yeah. But yeah, so going back to my story of Arsenal with their budget, right? So we've got Leicester at three, Chelsea at four, obviously ballers in terms of money as well as football. West Ham United five. Like there's another club where I'm just like ah. West Ham they've been trying to do this for many, many years. Yeah. They have put a lot of money into the into the team itself and it's just never gelled mm. for some reason or the other. And for this, for some reason, this year it's just gelled. Yeah. And under David Moyes, of all people, exactly people had written off and. Oh. No, no, he'd been written off. He'd I been mean, written off because of the Man United spell. Not even after Man United, he went to West Ham as well. He was a flop the first time at West Ham. Okay. And then he also ended up at, I think it was Real Sociedad. Hmm. Also didn't do well there. And why did they bring him back this time? I didn't have an option. It was him or any of the other bloody bargain basement English managers, your Sam Adidas's, your uh, Alan Bardu, all of those guys. Those so he was willing he was willing to come back? I think he left on yeah, unceremonious terms the first time. Mm. I think he felt he had a job that he could have done there and he just wasn't given the time. Mm. But I mean, clear, it's paying off now. Yeah. And, um, Big time. Especially the J-Links. Yeah, that was a surprise. <laughs> well, he clearly enjoys working under Moyes. I think he just likes game time. And yeah. I guess when you've got the Pogba's and the Cavani's and you know your Rashford's and your Greenwood's. Is it Greenwood, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah, Greenwood's and stuff like that. Like, It's easy to get lost in the mix. And even then, like, I'm not to say that he must justify why he should play ahead of those players, but I'm pretty sure it was one of the things where like even the coach was just like ah okay fine this guy seems like the f- I won't say the crowd would want the other players more but like it was just like they are more favourable than than oh. him like even me if I had to pick FIFA would I put Lingard would I put Greg, uh, Mason Greenwood um, yeah, you go or would I put Mata or you know obviously like then I'll be like okay Jalen is a good sub or something like that but then he needs to start he's a he's destroyed Arsenal as well a couple of times as well mm. you know so he's not he, that's what I'm saying that I think the way he fell out of favour was just not being selected for the squad and then he sort of got pushed back to the side but he's, a, he's, he's definitely a good footballer I can't deny that he's good technically and he's got a lot of flair mm. I think he doesn't fit Solskjaer's style mm. in that Solskjaer wants to maybe not 
completely back to the old traditional United ways under Fergie, but mm. he's definitely wanting to play a more cautious counter-attacking style. Mm. And I don't think Lingard offers that defensive aspect of his game. So under West Ham, I'm pretty sure he's told, just stay up there. They've got Declan Rice, they've got Mark Noble to just shield that back four. So he's out, he's just given the the run of the attacking and, third of the pitch. And that's the same thing we said about Uzel, right? If Arteta thinks that, well, this guy doesn't track back, well, you've got a Thomas Partey, mm. you know, you've got a Torreira, which was there, that I don't know what they've done with him, and oh, let Lady go Madrid. I think Granitschuk, I think he's an attacker, but <laughs> he, I mean, yeah, he should really sit deeper. Yeah. Um, so they're players which can literally do the role of what do we ever did ah but anyway let me just stop with Arteta <laughs> anyway so then you've got West Ham 5 Tottenham 6 Liverpool 7 like okay so Tottenham Liverpool they've got money um, Tottenham maybe just don't spend as much but yeah I know Tottenham have a wage cap uh, that they self-impose okay so a lot of their players are on are the max. stand to be corrected but I think it's I don't think anyone earns a base salary of over 100,000 a okay. week all of it is all incentive based mm. so it's goals scored assists appearance fees trophies and all of that sort of stuff so I'm guessing if you look at it the London clubs don't spend a lot of money except for what Chelsea 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 do spend but that's also well Russian all money yeah yeah. so yeah I think maybe that's the thing because London's also damn expensive for people to I guess live and do everything in. so the cost must be higher to run well, a club in London as well right yeah, yeah, that is true. But I mean, a lot of the players don't even live in London. Mm. They live out in the in the suburbs. But yeah. Maybe that's it. So after Liverpool, you got Everton. Well, does Everton have a, Everton have a big budget? Well, they got Hamas Rodriguez, right? So they had a bit of money to splurge on him. They've got who else did they buy this season? Um, Gilfie's there. Well, he's they been there for yeah, a while. Yeah, they buy this season. Um, well, they got Carlo Ancelotti as mm. the manager. Mm. And that's a decent manager compared to Arteta. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact Arsenal didn't try to pick him up was a bit of a brain fart on their part. But anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, Ancelotti's done okay with the, with the Everton squad. But the thing is, Everton are doing an Everton. Yeah. Start off very well. Looked like they might get some European football and then just fade Dip away again. and finish mid-table. Yeah. I think... Oh, they'll probably have to sign a couple of players but yeah that's for the summer yeah and then you've got Leeds 9 and then Arsenal 10 obviously you've got a game in hand but I and well there's a few teams with games in hand so yeah 8, 9, 10 somewhere around there and that's just bang average for this I don't think in my history of football Arsenal's ever finished no it's never finished that low no no well I mean this is the worst missed, yeah. to, missed out European football for many years and for European football you have to go top 6 Top five, four. top six, seven, some years, yeah, and even eight in other years, and depending on circumstances happening around Ooh, in other seven, yeah. competitions. Yeah, I mean that year Chelsea won the Champions League. Hmm. They were actually, I think we were actually lying in seven. Yeah, I think it was seventh, and Spurs were actually ahead of Chelsea. Yeah, and that denied Chelsea European football, but yeah. because of because Chelsea won. Champions League Chelsea qualified for Europe and denied Spurs European football (laughs) (laughs) so yeah let me let me stop with um, Arsenal because yeah it's it's one of those things I'm just just I guess ignore it and just be happy with the fact that I've moved on to another club and yeah now that you mentioned Champions League so 
I think you were with me yesterday when you saw that article, not article, it was a thumbnail on YouTube stating that England obviously bans Turkey because of COVID, they put them on the red list, and now they are suggesting that they should host the Champions League, Champions League final in the UK, because it's also two English teams, and the first question that we obviously asked was like, well, if it wasn't two English teams, would they have even cared to host the Champions League, or is it now because it's like two English teams, so we have, we should try sneakily demand the rights to host this thing so we can get all the revenue, money, and anything else for basically the UK. Um, to be honest with you, if that final is being hosted in the UK, I'm not watching. Because <laughs> I still think that's a bullshit move. No, I agree with you. Um, they wouldn't have offered to host it if there were no English clubs. Even if there was one English club, I reckon they would not have hosted it. Um, thing is now because of the way UK are quarantining and checking people for COVID is if you come into the UK you have to come in 14 days in advance mm. and you have to pay £1,700 yes £1,700 and stay and at a government facility or government allocated hotel yeah so I mean all the journalists and any dignitaries that come across would then have to go through that quarantine process oh that's a lot of money so, for the UK government yeah UK government scores a lot of money. Uh, there's a lot of money pumped into, well, maybe not a lot of money, but there's money pumped into Wembley because there will at least, I think there's 12,000 seats available per club, hmm. somewhere around those lines. <coughs> so they'll get that. But then, yeah, it's, if there are any international people as well, they have to come across and again, quarantine. Yeah. And then, if it is held in Turkey, the UK fans that do it go across, then have to make a decision, okay, we can go watch the game, mm. but when we come back, we have to self-quarantine ourselves as well. So they have to go through the same process. So they're going to be feeling what foreigners entering yes. the UK are going to be feeling. They shouldn't feel superior or anything like that. Yes, their clubs have made it, but the thing is, why should everyone else now, you know, fine. You look at the the total amount of fans yes most of them will they be English because it's English teams possibly but everything everyone else likes football uh, obviously Turkey I won't say is more neutral but yeah it lets a lot more people in they're less strict than everywhere else and that's probably one of the incentives obviously they choose the, the venue beforehand yeah. um, but still even then like people just still lose by, by, by doing that so I understand why Turkey doesn't have to host it but I think yeah, just because the the UK government have all these strict things to sort of keep foreigners out, um, I think in the, I would say most stupid of ways, but yeah, like they obviously think they're not better than everyone else and then now they want to now impose football, which is the game for everyone and try to keep it British just because you've got two British clubs in the final. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like, okay, fine, then keep the final. I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to contribute towards the the views and whatever you call it, everyone's going to claim and obviously there's money to see how many people, you know, obviously tune in to watch that final. I'm not going to be one of them. I'll watch, I'll watch it the next day yeah. on Supersport. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that UK, the government's decision, I mean, it's even affect, might even affect the Formula One now because Turkey have replaced the Canadian Grand Prix this season This because Canada is just the way that they do things. Have now cancelled their Formula One Grand Prix, so the Turkish Grand Prix is now come in. Last year it was a great race, very interesting, mm. and I mean we were hoping for another nice race in Turkey, but because most of it, I think 
barring two teams, all the Formula One teams are based in the UK. Mm. So when they get back from Turkey, for them to get back into the to their offices and into the um, factories, they'll have to quarantine themselves. And you can't quarantine for two weeks. I mean, the race, the next race is less than two weeks away. So yeah, I don't know what what made them do make that decision. I mean don't actually know what numbers are looking like at the moment but i can't imagine turkey's numbers are that much worse than the uk's no, i don't know there's also um, i i still see some sort of arrogance of european nations where it's going to come back to bite them obviously in the future um because you know they're very proud to be exclusive and which it is the fan and they want everyone to be like oh well, we're so good we're british please help us whatever you call it um, or we European and blah 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 blah. We've done so much in ABCD, but um, no, um, I don't know. It's just that's what I'm saying. What annoys me is that you know they're banning a lot of people from entering the country. I'm not saying people mustn't do procedures, protocols, do their passports, do their visas, and stuff like that. But their cases aren't far. It's not like it's safe there. It's not like they're Australia or New Zealand, right? Mm. they don't have the rights to be Australia New Zealand because like there okay fine I can understand it they're literally trying to say well yeah we've got like one or two cases or even zero for a while like we're trying to keep it like that even then I think it's a bit of overkill for that side but like okay cool you know they they saw him saying that we've got this shit under control and the rest of you the world like you guys carry on until we get this shit under, uh, uh, under control or until you guys get your shit under control yeah it's a circus over there like people are still getting COVID like left right and center you know they're higher up on the chart than let's say South Africa yeah you know um the one that obviously annoys me is netherlands because Emil is obviously there um and i'm here and i can't obviously go visit her and stuff like that but i think 50, sa is 15 in terms of number of cases netherlands is 16 we four times bigger than them <laughs> and then they still say and we've got less cases in them from the beginning of jan up until now we've had less cases there yeah. every um, single day if it wasn't for our christmas spark i think would be one of the better countries. Yes. I mean, fine, we are one of the worsted countries in Africa. Yeah. But I think that's to be expected, not to sound arrogant or anything, but yeah. the tourism industry in South Africa is a lot bigger than the rest of Africa. Yeah. Maybe North Africa sees a little bit more travel, but West, East and Central Africa is very much dark still. Yeah. The only people who really travel there are uh, contractors, yeah. guys who have to go in and work there a few European or American whereas South Africa a lot more tourism industry tourism and that's what I'm saying that we've got less cases than a lot of European countries and our, and our gates are still open yeah it's not like we are asking for any extreme controls we're just saying yeah take a PCR test 72 hours before you depart the Netherlands wants your PCR test 72 hours to be valid 72 hours before you land so you must take it and by the time you land it must it not must have still be, it valid. must still be valid for those yeah. 72 hours like that doesn't make sense we've got a, there's something here it's open for them they don't even have to apply for visas or anything like that you know they come inside there our tourism has been open obviously when we were in Plet, i'm sure there were still a few tourists around there not to say that we've met any because obviously we can't socialize and stuff as as much but yeah but restaurants are open right yeah bars open um if you want to you can go to a tavern i'm sure taverns are open as well <sighs> Without a doubt, <laughs> you know, um, the tavern in Yugi is pumping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, life is continuing except for the fact that one, you sanitize everywhere and you've got to put, put a mask on. But 
At the same time, like, hey, like, you know, businesses back open is not exactly the same. You know, school sports have started again. They're not even starting club sports. Yeah. You know, the, what do they call, Eredivisie. Oh, they're not even. They haven't started. They started, they, they stopped earlier and they haven't started. As far as I understand, there's no football going on. Jesus, okay. So no, oh, that's there's no bit, sport. That's a bit ridiculous. I mean, it sounds sounding a bit like Canada. Okay, my information might be a few weeks old, mm-hmm. but it's like Canada ain't like full Nazi state. Really? Where they are, I mean, they were sending in cops to break up small gatherings at churches and that sort of Jeez. stuff. Jeez. So yeah, it wasn't. So here's another thing: churches are open, right? Obviously, uh, there's a max open, limit. Yeah. Uh, weddings are going on. Yeah. Up Gyms to are open. Up to 150. Yeah, something up into 150. Gyms are open. Um, you go to gym, I go to gym. At no point in time when I'm at the gym do I feel my life is under threat. If really this thing was, I will not say if it's so serious because COVID is serious, 100%. But if the gym is really a thing that they say that, well, it's a place that people can catch the coronavirus, I'm pretty sure by now we would have caught it. Without a doubt. If gyms are really that bad. No, and the thing is that the procedure's in place, isn't it? You get inside there, you sanitize your hands. You obviously get your temperature checked. I don't know about the temperature thing, but yeah, that's another story. You know, you get there, you grab your, they've got a, sanitizer yeah. bottles everywhere, right? Yeah, they've got sanitizer edge. towels that everyone must use and you wipe your area and stuff like that. When you're done, you put in the use box, whatever yeah. you call it. And even then when you're gymming, you don't have a mask on. Well, to my surprise, I wasn't wearing a mask <clears throat> between sets. Uh-huh. And one of the guys came up to me and said, between sets, please do wear your mask. So, oh, okay, walking around or something yeah. like that. Oh, okay. So that, yeah, I was a bit pissed off about that, but anyway. <laughs> no, for at the gym, when I signed up at Viva, they just said, obviously, just be cautious for the people around you. We understand. Yeah. We're not expecting you to wear a mask. So, like, even me, when I go to the treadmill, in between the weight stuff, I'm not trying to be close to a person or anything mm. like that. I grab yeah, the weights, I, mean, I go do my thing, and yeah, there's distance. There's definitely yeah, social distance. distance yeah. And people know it's serious enough. You don't have to now go impose government rules to be like, hey, 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 you can't even gym at all because unless they're saying that, well, you guys can't govern yourself. Yeah. So we're going to force that you force you guys to do that. And it's just, ah, I don't know. But the thing is, I mean, the people in the gym are the guys that feel that they're either healthy mm-hmm. or that they feel that they, they'll kick this thing. Exactly. If you feel that you are susceptible or might catch it and then get seriously ill, stay at home. Yes. I mean, if you don't feel your immune system is jacked up, then, I mean, obviously take all the precautions you need. Stay at home, wear your glove, gloves, sanitize. But for people who have been vaccinated, have had it, mm. or feel they are healthy and live a healthy lifestyle, then, I mean, hell let them do what they want to do. I mean, yeah. it's been over a year, almost a year and a half now where this thing has been around. And you can't tell me that like locking everything down is still the solution. Not made more. it worse. Makes it worse. Yeah, because the thing is that now, I don't know, people can't exercise, right? So if you're already now, what happens is let's say you were one of these people which fall in the categories, let's say you were diabetic or obese and stuff like that. And this thing has scared the shit out of you, right? What would you want to do? You want to get fit, but now you can't get fit because you can't go to gym. Yeah. And then they'll tell them, oh, you can run and you can walk. And yes, obviously that is fine, but you don't need personal training when you go run and walk, right? That's not even all. I think it is allowed as long as you do it outside and all that kind of stuff. But there's no equipment. There's no weights. There's no, like some people might need to walk on the treadmill to lose a bit of weight first before they can start running. Yeah. But they're not even being offered that opportunity now because for some reason they think it works. And I don't know 
that's why I keep on telling Emily like there must be another incentive or there's something going in the background that we're not aware of because they've been doing it from mid-December up until now and nothing's improved. It's control. These looks they've now been given the control. They are able to tell people what they can and can't do and I think they're finding it difficult to let go of that. Because if they do let go of it, they sort of you go back to what was normal hmm. and I mean, after all these strict restrictions and all of that, it probably seems a bit chaotic and like anarchy is going to take over. But I mean, you can't well, govern people it, like that. It's something that they impose in the first place. Now what they want to do, they, they created the situation where as soon as they remove it, there's going to be anarchy that takes place, right? Mm. But then who's, who's to blame? Who made the decision? Yeah, well, I mean, they're the ones who impose such restrict, strict restrictions and for such a long period of time. I mean, people are obviously going to want to blow steam off. Yeah. You can't lock people away and then when you open it up, not expect them or at least some people to and they go a little bit crazy. And they can't just detain them continuously because it's just going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They're, some countries need, need to take a hard look at themselves with these, oh, with their laws and restrictions and the way that they're handling this. I mean, you can just look at the United States. I mean, each state under Trump was given their own way to deal with it and even now under Biden, Biden yeah. they still sort of given their own way to control it. I mean, got a state like Florida where everything is open yeah. and things are thriving. And right next door to it. Well, not, not, not next door to it, but on the other side of the country is California where yeah. everything is locked down and, I mean, cases still jumping. Yeah. I mean, it's not as if California's cases are dropping in. So it's more drastically than Florida, so it doesn't work. And then apparently they're still going to raise taxes after people aren't allowed to make an income. I'm like, ah, they're going to suck them dry. Yeah. No, that's... But that's my conspiracy theory about Europe. Because the reason I say that is because... So the Netherlands has told the people that, hey, obviously you guys can... Um, you can't open your businesses, right? Unless it's uh, beneficial, it's essential services and stuff like that. But we will obviously loan businesses loan businesses the money to continue paying their staff and continue paying wages so people can survive but it's a loan yeah loan and has to be paid back in the end exactly so that's what i'm saying what happens now when people can't so that's what i'm saying you loan a you, so that's been mid-december signed come december january february march april may like we're we in may right by the end of this month it doesn't even seem things are going to change that side so by the end of may that's five months that you've been forced not to generate any income yes obviously you can survive because government is paying you mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you'll be like oh we have to pay that back yeah, it's another form of control. I mean, the government now have given you the money, so they sort of control your business in mm -hmm. a way, so they can dictate whether or not you continue business or whether or not you close. Oh, which people are going to be able to pay back uh, the government in a situation where now they won't have anything. Well, obviously, there's some operating costs and everything is going to... You have to basically start from scratch. It's almost going to be a brand new business. There's competition, which is obviously thriving and starting up. A lot of these... I think a lot of companies are, or a lot of people are shifting to spend their money online in terms of ordering stuff online. But that's taken away from the small businesses that used to get oh, customers rolling in. That's destroying your local businesses now, without yeah. a doubt. Your entrepreneurs are just little corner shop on this. I imagine the tourism industry because, first of all, it's locked off to the rest of the world, right? Only Europeans can do that. And even within Europe now, your business is not essential, technically speaking, so that's closed off. Mm. So those guys have literally made no money from 
Yeah, because all these strict implications. Okay, fine. So COVID was what? March 2020. It's about a year, more than a year in now. These tourism businesses, like if you, let's say, had a boat or something like that, when we walked around Rotterdam, like there were businesses that were literally closed and Zwolloway, Imala lives. Like you can walk through any sort of tourism-related business, it's shut. Closed down. Completely mm. shut. Yeah, it's weird because, I mean, on the other side, you get Portugal and Spain, mm. which say, I don't know what, I think they're a little bit more lenient yeah. in allowing foreign nationals in. But I mean, they reckon the tourism industry is now pumping. Yeah, because everyone else, if they want to go to Europe, they're going to go to the place that allows it, isn't it? Yeah. I think Greece was also another one because obviously they suffered quite badly in the beginning, or was it Italy? One or two suffered quite badly in the beginning. But the thing is that now it became an alternative for most people to be like, well, I want to do something. So everyone's just going to Greece and Spain and Portugal. And then you still have governments which are trying to say, uh, no, no, please don't go there. Like, for what? You can't stop the person, right? Yeah. And you're still, still telling them not to go there. So they want people basically to be like okay i'm on holiday now i'm forced to take leave let's say in that situation because government or you know companies are saying well leave is an expense so we force you to take leave you can't hold it back and resign and then we pay you that out right yeah. so you're gonna go and leave but don't go anyway <laughs> yeah. don't do anything whatever that money you would have spent on in another country and that's what i'm saying my conspiracy theories are are are, are one of those things where like okay you can't go anywhere so whatever that disposable money that you would have spent going to south africa or to some warm country, spin it in the in the Netherlands so that we can get the tax from it. Or, and the same thing with the whole loan thing, like, okay, do that. And then you must continue running the business, obviously pay us back interest on the loan. And if you don't do it, we'll take your business. And then they'll use that as our creating jobs. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> and so what's going to be left from them? They're going to eat themselves up in the beginning, at the end of it all. Yeah. Without a doubt. And that's why I was saying that they've got this superiority and arrogance. And also Brexit doesn't help the situation as well. So what's going to happen to the Europe? I think a lot of Europe has started getting a bit lax, lackadaisical, where they're almost sitting on their laurels. They're not really innovating. I don't think it's the right word, but they're not really trying to push forward and get their economy Because going. they've got a big reputation. Yeah, they're sort of resting on that reputation. I mean, China and America are just mm. pumping forward. There are a few countries in Europe. I think Germany are still in a decent position. But the rest, yeah, I don't know. I think they, well, they one, might be struggling. One thing I find funny is whenever Germany does something, the Netherlands like, follows the day after. Like They're almost like, <laughs> yes. Yes, leader, we will do it. Well, I mean, yeah, they are technically the leader of the EU. Yeah. They are a strong, a strong nation. Yeah. But, you know, I think they've got most of their things sorted out. But again, that's just in their own country. Hmm. I don't think internationally they, yeah, they have some good manufactured or products that they manufacture, good brands. Hmm. But, I mean, they're not on the cusp of innovation but. and all. As, as, as I think, no, it was in another podcast that I did about Nokia. Um, obviously, things were going great for them and they stopped innovating, mm -hmm. right? And, and that gave room for other people to be like, oh, well, yeah, let's do something yeah. different, right? And that's exactly what's going to happen in China. Like, people keep on joking about how China's going to take over and stuff like that. And it's not like they're doing it in a hostile way. They're just innovating, they're bringing prices down to the point that you can't ignore and things it's the free market, right? The next yeah. thing, and what you're going to find is that you'll find the European nations when people start going towards the China to start getting their products and services they'll try to do the whole thing of oh you're not allowed to buy it from China or they'll just tax it or they'll tax it they'll tax it until it's, it's competitive with local vehicles 
But the thing is, can ever be your. You know, things no, are expensive yeah. in, the, in the Netherlands. Remember, I told you were there when we tried to order and make flurry yeah. <laughs> to the Netherlands. Well, I mean, Volvo South Africa mm. um, is given leeway to be flexible with their prices. Mm. They do not charge European prices in this country because no one would buy a Volvo. Yeah. They are told, okay, these are the vehicles that we're going to be bringing into the country. Price them accordingly to their rivals. Mm. So they are priced maybe a little bit more expensive, but they are in line with your other German manufacturers. Mm. Obviously, your Japanese manufacturers are always going to be a bit cheaper, mm. but your Volvo should be quite a lot more expensive than your BMs, your Audis, and your mm. and your Mercs. Oh, so if you go overseas, it's a oh, lot. Oh, no, Volvo's are expensive. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. so that's because it's it's because it's Sweden making it. Mm. Okay, tech, they they're now owned by a Chinese company, but they go. everything is still owned, like built in Sweden. Yeah. So and they've still got the reputation and all of that. So, but I mean, you know, to sell the to move those vehicles in this country, they yeah. have to be innovative with their pricing and the deals that they offer. So I mean, that's just one way that they try to compete, at least in this market mm. in this country. So the Chinese one is going far. Huh? They're even buying Volvo. No, Geely owns Sweden Volvo. And I mean, uh-huh. in this country, if you drive a Geely, that's a real shit car. Yeah. But like all of a sudden now it's just Volvo. It's just a parent company. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know who else they own, but I mean, a lot of those European companies, or maybe the more the UK side, mm-hmm. are owned by maybe not Chinese manufacturers at the moment, but... India, I know Tata used to own, they might still own Land Rover and Jag. And yeah, but I think it will eventually, I mean, in Germany, Audi Motor Group owns almost everyone. Mm. But even that thing of you saying that, like pricing in comparison to SA, I don't know why that doesn't stick in um, other countries because you and I obviously have been through that exercise where. You saw the ring that we bought, right? Um, so there's a group of business in uh, the Netherlands called Outlaws Amsterdam, and they do these fancy rings, um, which are pretty cool. And that's what I saw on Instagram. I was like, oh, okay, let's buy one of these things. Mm-hmm. And we ordered it. It was wrong size. We sent it back. We got the refund. And I asked my brother um, if he knew anything in China. He showed me, obviously, I think it was AliExpress, not even anything fancy found the exact same rings and you know that's the thing outlaws amsterdam say they completely forged the thing you know it's handmade yeah, handcrafted hand blah 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 and that's what i'm saying the one from outlaws amsterdam arrived in my hand it's not like i saw the two and i was like ah okay fine like this looks the same mm-hmm. it arrived i looked at it i tried it i fit it on and i remember wearing it okay it's too big send it back we got the refund yeah we ordered from china at a fraction of the cost um that's what i'm saying i believe if i'm not mistaken it was around 80 euros for the rings that we so it was me, myself and Emma. It was around 80 euros, and that, that was, was obviously from, from Outlaws Amsterdam, right? So, 80 euros, what's that times by 20? It's 1,600 bucks, which seems decent for jewelry, right? Especially it's a ring for a lady, a ring for a guy, right? 1,600 bucks, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. And that was quite big, yeah. I mean, if that was handcrafted and and all of what they claimed it yeah. was, then. Yeah, and especially, and that's what I'm saying, it, it has, you have the assumption that it is mm. handcrafted, right? You have the assumption that it is handmade because it does look good. It's a solid product. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, we looked at this thing and we're like, oh, well, for that cost, so 1,600 Rand um, or 80 euros um, from Outlaws Amsterdam, we get the thing from China, it comes through the post, gets delivered, it was something like 10 to 15 days, and we paid something like 100 bucks <laughs> for both of them, including the delivery. Mm. And, and then you're the just like, rings. well, this guy charged 16 times more. And he got it from the same place. All he did was basically order it. Because I'm saying, they got it delivered to the Netherlands. We also just got it delivered to the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. This guy got delivered to his business. They have little boxes, printing outlaws, Amsterdam, put it inside there, ship it to you. And they've charged 16 times more. Yeah. Their biggest expense was probably the packaging. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what, another 100 bucks? Yeah. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. No one's regulating anything like that. Um, well, and I mean, that's what I'm saying, it's gonna it's gonna come back to bite them because eventually like obviously I understand like you know the economy is doing great in inverted brackets, you know, because obviously businesses are so profitable. Like this thing outlaws Amsterdam, if you look at the Instagram page, if you don't know that you can buy the alternative products on on, on what do you call it, on Alibaba Express or AliExpress, you would go to a place like that and they're making a shit ton of money. Yeah. I think they've got more than three hundred thousand subscribers onto their Instagram page because people like their stuff. Obviously I think another expense that they have is models for people yeah, to take the yeah. pictures and make it look good. I think so yeah, what happened was, yeah. yeah. So what happened in that situation was you saw another company which was exactly the same thing. Right? Yeah. So it was featured on your YouTube saying, okay, these are handcrafted um, jewelry and stuff like that. And then you were showing that to me, and you're like, have you checked these guys out? We looked at the website. I looked at the rings. I'm like, dude, this is the exact same trap that I fell into. Yeah. Find it online on AliExpress. Obviously made in China. These yeah. guys are just getting things from China, putting in a different packaging. This thing on their website was also saying what handcrafted, so that's why it's going yeah, to take X that. many days, right? Mm. It's going to take, I think, 15 days for them to make it after you choose your site. It's going to be handcrafted. But basically, their 15 days was basically for them to basically order it on AliExpress and bring it to wherever it is, Americans, and then reship it back to you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, We've, or you've even spoken about, because we've got the general store around the corner, yeah. all Chinese goods brought into the country, sold at a fraction of the price mm. of what you'd pick it up yeah. in just a normal store in this country. Yeah. And, and the general store. saying the same thing. The just general store is pumping. And, yeah, the general package. store is pumping. So that's another thing on takealot.com, isn't it? We were looking at, or not even takealot, it was another website, HDMI cables, because yeah. with the setup and stuff like that, I need HDMI cables. I went to go get these braided HDMI cables, 1.5 meter in length, and they're working. They're still working right now because I'll be using it, right? And it was 25 bucks for 1.5 meter, <laughs> meter cable of yeah. braided HDMI. And you go online, someone's selling for 100 rand. So I was like, well, if you want to really make a business, if you want to, you can advertise that you sell these things, right? Go down the store, you get an order, go down the store right here and say, okay, fine, I want to get this thing for 25 bucks. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know how you'd handle the shipping and stuff like that, but obviously, if you're selling to take a lot, they must be obviously collecting from your warehouse or your store. Yeah, I think that is how they work. But yeah, just get it from, just get Chinese goods. If you want <laughs> cables, well, that's, I'm sure, if you if you look online for certain cables, like, you know, uh, USB type A to type C and stuff like that, that's all at the general store for. Everything's less than 30 bucks. You look at it online, some people are selling to one, at 150, 200 rand. Well, I think this is now China's uh, next step, Yeah, is to actually start bringing setting up their own stores mm. and then just flooding oh excuse me flooding the country or the country that they set up with their goods so mm. they just it's chinese owned mm. the store so it's chinese national he's sending all his money back to china mm. yeah. i'm pretty sure they are somehow 
paying little to no tax mm. because of corruption probably <laughs> but anyway so they're just flooding the market with chinese goods at chinese prices because they can get it yeah. that much cheaper they're getting yeah. it straight from china they don't have to put a much of a markup on it no. to make money so then they're just doing that and then the volume business because that's what i'm saying the general store is pumped every single time that i go down there. yeah and the thing is that you just look at the the range of stuff that they have like it's extensive like i've spent a lot of money this month already at the general <laughs> store and I'm just like, because the other thing, okay, it's obviously located in a great building and stuff like that, but just anything electronic that you can think of, you can probably find mm. it at the general. It's convenient. Store. It's convenient. Very convenient. Mops, toilet brushes, a lot of things. The only thing that you can't find there is food. Like, I, I'm not that I wouldn't trust the food, but I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, Some of the stuff they've got there is a bit dodgy. Yeah, definitely. But, but you know that as well. Yeah, you can see sort of see the quality or feel the quality of the stuff that isn't so great. But there are certain things which I guess just because you it's it's so common that you can't have a shit product anymore yeah. that it's going to be good so the first yeah. thing that we've got there was the headphone um uh aux cables. the aux cables with microphones with yeah. microphones in it and yeah. that was what 30 rand yeah and that's like 120 in a box oh you can't find aux with microphones anymore so there we go like if literally someone wants to start a business you can be like oh i can get you that not every place is a general store not every place will know where you're getting it from yeah if you either rechange the packaging i'm sure and there's some particular products that I bought where they haven't even changed the packaging. You know, actually, what makes it worse is the Netherlands. Yeah, there's some products when you buy them, you just like you haven't even changed the packaging. <laughs> you, you just even order straight China. from China. They order straight from China. They sell on Bol.com. <laughs> Bol.com is their takealot.com. Yeah. And they haven't even changed. They haven't even gone. They're just like, okay, I'll put it on there. You don't know where they're getting it from. Obviously, mm. if you really look hard enough, you'll find it. But no, that's what they do, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> These guys must be making a killing doing it. Isn't, I don't know what the dropshipping thing is, but maybe that is dropshipping in some sort of sense. Just get it somewhere else and obviously figure out how you're going to send it. Um, but hey, that's it's it's China's going to take over. Yeah, I mean they've I think in the marketplace, so uh, the retail sector. I think that's one way that they'll do it is just get their citizens to open up citizens that are living in whichever country just go get licenses for stores mm. we'll supply you all your goods just mm. make it a one-stop shop you can charge ridiculously low prices and oh, that's no, one think, way to do it no i think about there was a general store in in Richards bay okay i, I mean it was called it. the general store but it was also similar like this but not similar. as big yeah but very similar like well, you I mean, can go to bay out. with ideal i mean yeah well pe is also ideal because yes. there's a harbor yes you can literally go straight from the harbor to the shop there's no uh, transport costs or anything like that uh, inland yeah so that does make sense i'd imagine you might find one in durban as well mm. maybe cape maybe not cape town yeah if it's not they don't want the proper stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean china are doing it all over africa as well but and it's not just in the retail market mm. i mean the mining sector they are buying up all the mines mm. that they can get their hands mm -hmm. on Construction. Uh, construction zambia yeah. my gosh well i mean not even zambia kenya they built that whole highway in kenya mm. and the only stipulation was they'll use their own labor chinese labor laborers yeah. and those laborers will then remain in kenya once that construction is finished but as citizens as citizens of kenya so that they can set up their stores they can then set up <laughs> chinese run or businesses businesses yeah yeah but the thing is they're, they're really smart playing the long game because if you think well, about it it was wasn't very long when we were younger obviously like chinese products started hitting south africa right but obviously mm. we used to call them Hong kongs yeah 
which is obviously a derogatory term because it just means like if someone says something's from Kong, it means fake, right? Yeah, fake and, or cheap and nasty. But that was all they needed to basically get the market and basically maybe they were using that to test the waters to see what do people want? What do people keep asking for? What do people say in terms of quality? Okay, fine. That bought them time to get better and better. But they're literally just flooding the market like and there's nothing much you can do to stop them because like it's just that momentum has kept the ball rolling and now it's getting bigger and well, bigger. I mean, bigger people want the products yeah. and they sort of made their, well, the way that they, their country is run, their labor is not expensive. Mm. So they told all the big, all the big companies, listen, we've got the labor force, mm. bring your companies in, we'll produce whatever you want mm. and then we'll just ship it out to you for whatever costs. Yeah. And they sort of took all that business in, yeah. and then that's what they've just built on. Well, it works for people. Mm-hmm. It works for the big companies as well. I think that talking about this jewelry thing as well, my brother was also telling me the same thing about some guy who was on Instagram and he's doing this bespoke jewelry and stuff like that. And like, it's really good stuff. Like, I, I think we okay. Let me say that the Instagram product looked like it was really good. Like, obviously, same thing. Ordered a product was like, okay, I can get this thing for a hundred bucks mm-hmm. with delivery to SA for each one, right? You don't obviously send them all together because it's going to get flagged. Yeah. But you obviously just have a lot of packets coming through to your post <laughs> and as people order, right? Yeah. They pay for it. You'd be like, yeah, don't worry. We're making a handmade for you engraved and stuff. That's going to take X many days, right? Um, I don't know if you survived after COVID because nothing came through at the time. Yeah. But yeah, this guy was charging like 1700 <laughs> bucks as well for these. But the thing is, it was nice. Like little chains. Um, yeah. Good looking stuff. stuff. And it was felt like, yeah, for for men's jewelry and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I'm saying. He was making a killing and he was doing online Instagram. And that's what I'm saying. Like, people were just like, oh, the stuff is like they were giving him good reviews. Not that it was a bad product, but it was really dirt cheap. Mm. And he found a gap in the market. Well, I mean, you get that side of it where people say, yeah, they lie Mm. and say it's bespoke and handcrafted, made Mm. for every, each one is individually made for every person. Mm. And you get some people that just say, listen I can get stuff from China yeah it'll be it costs whatever from China I'll charge you this much yeah. just to cover what I'm doing all the bit all the yeah. all the hard work so I mean there are ways of doing it where you don't have to lie to everyone and mm. charge ridiculous prices but obviously not everyone is a good person no not everyone's a good person but that's what I'm saying I guess it is one of the things that if you really, it's, I think it's a smart business. Yeah, I guess a smart business, right, at the end of the day. As long as you're not unethical, that's what I'm saying. You put the price out there, if someone's willing to pay for it, then hey, like that's what I'm saying. We were willing to pay the 80 euros for the products. Um, obviously, in hindsight, knowing how much it costs, I wasn't yeah. going to go do that. But Without knowing if, yeah, if the story of how it was produced and made was true, then good price. Yeah. But as you say, having now known the story, the background and where it was received from and what they paid for it, mm. then you like you feel like you got cheated. Yeah, you got cheated out of something. No, but and, and that's why I'm saying that at that time it was worth in my mind it was worth the eighty bucks that I was willing to spend. I was like, Okay, I'm with the eighty euros, I was like, Okay, we're willing to spend eighty euros, let's buy them. Yeah. And even when they arrived, like we got excited, obviously that unfortunate thing. Like we really even looked at it, we were like, ah, can we like maybe put it in, like around our necks and instead or something because mm. the sizing was just wrong compared to what they told us how they told us the sizing and stuff like that yeah. so we really thought it was 80 euros worth of of, of, of jewelry yeah but it wasn't but that's what i'm saying it was a decent product and obviously for the people which get fooled by it um, and they're probably happy with 
what they have right yeah, now. Right? I mean, They're probably happy with the thing and they're like, oh, this is a cool ring. I got it from this. They send their friends there. They send their families there. They buy gifts from these guys. Mm-hmm. And obviously, kudos to the company. But I think <laughs> if that bombshell had to drop, like to say, well, it actually only costs, you know, 10 euros or something like that, five euros at the end of the day. Yeah. Five euros, actually. But I think there's also, maybe not so much in this country, a bit of a stigma to say, someone asks you, oh, it's a nice ring, where'd you get it from? Uh, got ordered it from China. Mm. I don't know what it's like in Europe, but I imagine there's a bit of a stigma to say, mm. oh, I ordered this from China, mm. rather than, oh, this is a bespoke ring made from this company in Netherlands. Mm. So it could be that That's aspect. That's whole controlling, controlling a narrative thing of being like, oh, I got it from a company, it's called Outlaws Amsterdam, check their Instagram page. And then you go there and you see these models and stuff like that and people are just like oh okay like it's a cool thing like this guy has you know thought about it compared to if alibaba yeah. had a thing there which was like <laughs> okay you know five euros for a ring five. just five euros <laughs> just five euros come get it and then you're like yeah yeah and you already probably doubt the quality i guess that's the other thing like yeah, you probably okay. doubt the quality because that's what i'm saying that the only thing that really convinced me was one i never obviously went to aliexpress to go look at this thing. Yeah. But what convinced me was the fact that the ring already arrived. And when I saw it on this, online, I was like, all the rings that they show on the website are exactly the same ones on, on AliExpress. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing that convinced me. I think holding that ring and knowing that this is the quality that it's going to be, you're already convinced of the price. And it's weird because 10, 15, 10, 15 years ago, it, the roles would be reversed. Mm. It would be a company making a decent product and a Chinese company would be cribbing it, mm. making a inferior quality product, yeah. looks the same, but it's just not as good. And you'd order the Chinese product because it's cheaper and you get it and you it just didn't feel right. Yeah. It wasn't that wasn't a great product. Yeah. No. No, obviously. No. And you know what, I think it's one of those things where I think if someone else innovates, they will copy it. So mm. one of the things like in some of the companies we consult for. Like there's cybersecurity against Chinese companies stealing patents and drawings. No, and I mean, they've got no qualms about stealing any yeah. IP. Uh, I think even Ruben, my boss, was telling me about um, how one Chinese company stole the designs for one of the newest Porsche. Uh, I think it was ACV or something like that. It was coming out, right? <laughs> yeah. They get the design, they manufacture and then release the car two weeks before Porsche does. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's exactly the same, except for the lights. Like, you know, I'll push it yeah. on the ground. They made yeah. them just a bit square or more oval. That's the only difference. I mean, only, only selling it in China. Yeah, only selling in China. But like I'm saying, like, you know, like that already cuts out any person to be like, well, I can pay a shit ton of money to get the real Porsche in China. Unless it's a status thing to say that. Or you can be like, well, I want every single thing that's the same thing. Functionality, design and everything like that. But it's on a, got a Chinese label on there. Yeah. Nothing makes a difference there for that, as you say, that thing of saying what the stigma is or that little thing to say that I got it from Porsche mm-hmm. versus I got it from X. Yeah. And that makes a big difference. But I think in China, bringing in products from other countries, I think you do pay, but corrected to say 100% tax. Oh, well, I think the thing is, is it's, it's, it's a retaliation for what they do, right? If yeah. you had to go do the same thing, I'm sure the Netherlands charges a super amount of tax for obviously very expensive products i think if it's under a certain amount obviously it flies to the radar right flies mm-hmm. to the post or something like that um but yeah as soon as it is um really expensive then obviously yes obviously it's going to get flagged mm-hmm. but even then do you think is, is it a wrong thing for people to be like well i want the reputation of the bigger name brand even though it's not the same it is the same product obviously this is something as stupid as a ring right 
And this was like just uh, a cool ring. It symbolized something to us. It wasn't engagement or anything like that. Like it was just something that symbolized something to us, right? The anchor yeah. and the and the yeah. compass. But even then, like that's what I'm saying. Like as you said, most people will be happy to tell their friends that they got it from this, you know, really good um, uh, Dutch store. Dutch store online, yeah. and they look really cool, and they can send their friends there, and that's how it looks like. Yeah. Um think we are very materialistic these days um even myself who thinks like to live quite simply and Mm. not put up with today's social norms Mm -hmm. i mean there's still a bit of materialistic um tendencies that i have Mm. so uh, everyone wants the the real mccoy to look good and everyone wants to be different in a certain sense or no, not so much. I think everyone is happy to. I mean, if there is something that is like really unique, people mm. will want it. Mm. But if there is a product that is good and expensive and is known to be like it's the in thing to have, like with iPhones and mm. MacBooks and that. I mean, if you have an iPhone or a MacBook, you are the bee's knees and all of that sort of stuff. Same oh. with the the new Samsungs. So uh, that's that's. Uh, I won't say I, dif- I I disagree with you because I have to agree with you because that's what the majority will think. Like if someone will, sees me walking around with the iPhone, they might have a certain perception of me. Yeah. Is that what I was going for? No, not really. I like the fact that it had three cameras. I like the fact that I obviously I've got another Apple device and that's what I'm saying. If it wasn't for iTunes, not iTunes, um, AirDrop. If it wasn't for AirDrop, I wouldn't be on Mac. Yeah. No, I mean there are certain people that actually use the functions for mm-hmm. what they are mm-hmm. but then for the majority of people it is more of a status oh, okay. I mean you now have is that that's the latest iPhone no it's 11 11, 11 okay 11. so you haven't got the latest one yeah there are people that every year will go and buy the new iPhone yeah just because it's the new iPhone okay no that, that I understand because like same thing my MacBook is a 2015 yeah I got it second hand so I mean for yourself it's that's the functionality yes. that you're after yes the practicality of having everything Apple, yes, like everything talks to itself. It makes it exactly. nice and easy and simple. Whereas, yeah, for some people, it's not about the functionality. It's about okay, I'm wearing a Rolex watch. Mm. I wear Gucci sh- uh, clothing. Yeah, there's um, no functionality. <laughs> I drive whatever a Merc, an Audi, a BMW. Yeah, because it's nice and flashy. It makes me look good. I mean, if you go to the Eastern Cape into the the lullies or the rural areas yeah. especially over Christmas time yeah. you will see these fancy fancy cars BMs yeah. Mercs Audis and parked outside of a RDP house yeah so they've and spent like, a lot of money on their car yeah, it's the image yeah. they don't, don't care about the house because they are working in Joburg or they're visiting friends and family so they just want the image even in Joburg, no one's really coming around to their house to see them. So I was about to say that because yeah. in the UK, it's the same thing that you'll get, um, it annoys my boss as well. He'll show me there's, there's a specific house which has a Jaguar F-type, but the house it's itself. It's a council house. Yes, it's a council house. <laughs> but yeah. the guy, but I, I struggle to understand it. And then one guy, some guy was telling us at the pub, he's like, well, British people socialize at the pub. Yeah. Right, and you how are you going to arrive at the pub to sell to show your status? Yeah. You're going to arrive in your F type. Yeah, compared to your house, no one's going to come visit your house. People don't entertain at their homes. No. So, like wherever it is that they're going to socialize and stuff like that, you're going to arrive in that thing, and that's going to signal your status. I won't yeah. say he said obviously. I won't say he said specifically signal your status in that way, in that sense. 
but it is about that to say that well no, you must obviously treat me a different way because I'm driving this yeah whereas in South Africa because you entertain at your houses and stuff like that it's important because I guess it's safer to be in your house than everywhere else <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> true but I mean in Joburg the guys don't um, maybe the guys if they have now got a nice house they do mm. but the guy that maybe is not living in the greatest suburb doesn't have the greatest house he'll go and entertain out at one of the restaurants or something mm. right, one of the the pubs or the nightclubs and he he'll be the guy he'll arrive looking all good and flashy mm. he'll maybe take out his credit card buy a bottle or two mm. and just to say I've got this money I can do it meanwhile if you look at look deeper most of it is probably on credit mm. or on lay bars he's having to pay it off every month so yeah I think materialism in this day and age is quite do you think that it's it's in this day and age or it's always been there because I think the only thing that changes is the fact that cash is a lot more disposable in the sense of the fact people can yeah. walk around with credit cards meaning that mm-hmm. they can walk around with money that they do not have yeah no I think it's always been there mm-hmm. it was just there was a only the top top tier people were able to reach that point mm-hmm. um, in the past but now it makes sense for but banks to offer, offer it to everyone else though. yeah because as you say now everyone has that facility to take out a credit card or loans are made so easy maybe not now with COVID yeah. but in the past banks were handing out loans left right and centre well the things if you didn't do it like let's say if let's say everyone decided to be like okay we're sticking to standards we're not going to we're only going to give loans to you know high earning individuals right yeah. some bank decides people okay fine yeah okay, some bank stuff. decides okay we're going to still open up to everyone else what's happened a lot of people are going to flock to it and yeah. all of a sudden they can't compete so well, they I mean, have to Capitec did that. Mm. They captured a lot of students mm. with their accounts, mm. and I think they've sort of kept that business. Yeah. And even the older, the older generation, Capitec and African Bank, mm. they managed to bring a lot of clientele in through. I don't know what their what their offers were. I'd imagine a very low interest rate, interest loans. No, I think it was very low interest loans, very high uh, interest uh, back on savings, savings. and then basically your fees no are super fees, yeah. cheap. Um, I even know investment bankers, which bank with Capitec, because obviously they're like trying to optimize every single cent that they have, and it's probably that's why they stay rich, right? Mm. But there, they're like, yeah, no, they put most of their money in the Capitec, because like, especially investment money, they're not going to use it as much. Yeah, they might not get the benefits, mm. but they're not paying for it either. No. So it's literally just some way to put your money in. Yeah, because then you never have to pay for it, because... Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not going to try to call you every single time. Hey, don't you want to open a professional yeah. account? And then, like, oh, now you're forced to be in this tier, so we have to charge you this. Like, yeah. what? Like, yeah, I, I choose mean, what I want to be. And like, you can't tell me because I've got so much money, you have to push me in another tier so yeah. you can make more money. But yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I know investment bankers which are like, yeah, Capitec's the one for me because, like, they can put the investment money aside there. And because they're not transacting or minimal transactions, if they make like less than five a month or something like that, the account is free and it's active, useful. Yeah. So obviously that also works for Capitec, right? Because that's money that they can obviously dish out to people and obviously and loan out and earn, my, earn interest on exactly. it themselves. So yeah. the only thing that obviously put me off with Capitec is like, I think they are getting better and that's what I'm saying. They could probably got the same model like the Chinese. Eventually they will eventually infiltrate, right? But obviously the, the, the banks themselves never looked nice. Like, you know, obviously you have to probably go there, stand in a queue, do one, two, three, four. It never thought like a standard bank or FNB that yeah, I Yeah, it's not to. slipstream. And exactly. And, yeah. It's, so there's always a lot of queues. It's always a... Yeah, I don't think it's very customer friendly yes. at this stage. Yes. 
But I think if you're early adopter, where you can get there at a good time, because there was one in Richards Bay, and I knew obviously there was someone that was working there. Um, and so obviously, if I ever wanted anything at Capitec, and she obviously always tried to say, like, oh, come through to Capitec because of all the advantages and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If it was ever that I needed to go there, I would be able to, let's say, book an appointment, get there, sign up, and stuff like that. I had looked into Capitec, and that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's another thing to look into now <laughs> because it's just like, hey, you know, money's tight for everyone. Yeah. And if you can obviously control that one aspect, then you can say when your cost, like, hey, great for you. But what is it that you're willing to, to, to let go of? Are you willing to let go of the comfort? Are you willing to let go of the comfort, let's say, of a private bank or the fact that you're on a certain tier that you can call up and things get fixed and stuff like that? I don't, I'm not saying that they don't offer those type of things at Capitec, they must. But, you know, those are some of the things that you have to be willing to say, well, that's what I'm paying the extra amount for. Yeah, yeah, and I'm guessing that's the same thing with you and food because you, I think, are a very picky eater in the sense that I feel like, yeah, sometimes when you go out, like there's a normal store just down the line, <laughs> just normal, but then you want your not bespoke, but you know, you want, or you can explain what it is that you want, but you never want to go to a conventional fast food store, you want to go to, I guess. When you explain it from the side of like, okay, it's healthier food and it's obviously well cooked and stuff like that, but you are not, yeah, you are willing to pay that price because there's obviously some benefit you see from it. Yeah, so I mean, when I, I think I spent three or four years living by myself, Mm -hmm. so I had to learn to cook for myself and obviously being a young student, you did go a lot of takeaways and that sort of shit. And I just, yeah, from my own experience, my body doesn't handle that stuff well. Mm. Um, like if I eat cheap, cheap sweets, you know, like those beacon marshmallow things, mm. if I eat too many of them, oh, my skin goes haywire. Mm. So I just, it's a conscious decision for my, for my own sake, my own body to mm. rather eat, maybe you're going to spend a little bit more money on it, but rather good quality food. And not deal with the other headaches that come with it. Yeah. Okay. good quality food that's not going to stuff the body around it is nutritious it gives you what you need you don't need to, need to then supplement on other stuff mm. to make up for the, the deficits mm. um, yeah I mean I cannot eat KFC's chicken pieces because my body just doesn't react I get a phlegmy cough for two days after I've had mm two pieces of chicken mm. from KFC so it's something that I have not touched now for three or four years now and even though you know like okay I can get so much chicken from KFC for a certain price yeah, you would I mean, rather go get chicken from let's say Woolies or you know another place or Nando's yeah I mean even or, though it's more expensive yeah I mean you can get a bucket of chicken from KFC what's it 21 pieces mm. for the same price as you get one chicken Nando's. Yeah. Obviously, Nando's you can get a, a, a side in a bit. Yeah. So you get maybe chips or salad or some or rolls. But I mean, there you mean you can eat twenty-one pieces of chicken yeah. for the same price as a whole chicken. Mm. But Nando's is just it's a better method of cooking. First mm. of all, it's not dipped in oil. It doesn't have the the crumb around it. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it's just about that. Um, so with my meat, I steaks in particular mm. i'm very particular about my steaks i don't like eating um it's it's sort of factory farming but more feedlot style animals where you taste the difference in the meat i can taste the difference in the meat you can see the difference in the meat you can even smell the difference in the meat mm. you can see the difference in the fat the color of the fat itself and yeah just the whole taste 
and just plays a big role for me if I taste the ugly steak it really puts me off mm. and I mean but that's something is that something that you learn because obviously you grew up on a farm so you know what good steak tastes like yeah so that has helped I mean we used to slaughter cattle and eat our own meat so yeah. we knew what had gone into that cow before and it, you can taste the difference between a nice farm red grass grass-fed animal versus a cow that's been to the feedlot being finished off on maize mm. and um, whatever other stuff they feed those animals you can definitely taste the difference in the meat mm. and you know, I mean obviously at this stage it's mainly beef that I'm particular about mm. I haven't looked too much into other stuff but I must say I can taste the difference in the chicken mm. Uh, not that I eat much chicken, yeah. but you can definitely taste, like if you go buy those pre-cuts, those free frozen pieces of chicken, yeah. those things that are imported. Uh, are they imported? Yeah, from yeah. Argentina. Jeez. You can see, the first of all, the size difference mm. between uh, a free-range chicken that's been slaughtered or farm-raised versus this imported stuff. I mean, a thigh and a drumstick is probably wouldn't say one and a half times bigger yeah. but definitely much bigger much than bigger than just a normal red chicken and mm. you can taste the difference i mean sometimes chicken is cooked and unless you've got a nice sauce nice mm. strong sauce it, yeah, it's not, not a nice and taste. then obviously it's cheaper to do that and they're yeah. selling for the well, masses I mean, more than um rainbow chicken in this country is more or less done mm. because the government um decided they needed to feed the people the masses and they were able to import chicken from argentina at a cheaper rate than what rainbow was selling locally so they decided to back the foreigners so they then. backed the imported chicken and rainbow are more or less done really i think rainbow the only people rainbow now supply are kfc themselves and other than that they don't sell or sell very little chicken in the supermarket Hmm. they might do in up in Gauteng because yeah. I think that's where they started yeah. but I mean if you go to the Eastern Cape yeah. if you're not buying anchor chicken yeah. which is the chicken farms in the Eastern Cape yes 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 because that's where my mom also buys from yeah. the time eh? yeah. yeah if you're not buying anchor the other chickens you're buying are import stuff sure you, I don't think you'll find rainbow in the Eastern Cape hmm. um, so same in shut Natal. out yeah they've just been but that's what I'm saying why is it do, or do we have ties with Argentina or something like no, that? No, it's just cheap to import it. it and was, someone got paid the bribe. Uh, I would imagine there was some yeah. sort of backhanded deal, but uh, that is by the by these days yeah. in these big deals. And yeah, only thing is, I mean, these things are you know, they pump full of steroids to make them grow quicker. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know what the ages of them are, but I know that they they bro- I think they call them broilers. Broilers, yeah, I think yeah, so six so to they, eight weeks. Yeah, and they're they, fully ready. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're pumped with steroids and, I wouldn't say force-fed, but, yeah. yeah. And it's, again, maize. And then I think they also manipulate the light in the room, so they think that, okay, it's time to eat again. Yeah. Yeah, so it's all, like, I understand the process behind it, why it was done originally, but we don't need to do it now. Hmm. It's not necessary. Oh, it's money-driven. And that's what I'm saying. It's going to eat itself up because at some point in time, either people start getting sick or they see, you know, they, they lift the veil behind the curtain. Or, is that the right term? Yeah. They lift the veil, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was bad English. But yeah, they lift the veil, basically, and see 
what's going on behind the scenes and then people will retaliate and all of a sudden it's not sustainable to do that anymore yeah. obviously what they'll do they'll change the name go behind another place reroute it somehow and get it in there it's obviously the same thing we've been talking about with the i think we were obviously discussing the whole honey situation mm. where just to sort of flood the market at a cheaper cost got artificial honey basically circulating oh, around syrup, the yeah just putting syrup lacing the honey with syrup yeah but um the thing is First world countries, yes, you can stop that sort of farming practice. Problem is in third world countries where you have big populations and the majority of the population cannot afford to buy the proper stuff, the, the uh, yeah, premium stuff, yeah. the stuff that is being properly read and is more nutritious, yeah. which is why we have this epidemic of poor people being obese. Yeah. It's the cheap food is the bad food. Yes. That's a to cost eat healthy. Food, yeah. Yeah, it's expensive. To eat healthy is expensive. Because it takes quite a lot more to prepare it, right? Yeah. But even in that sense, though, like it does serve its purpose. Like obviously, that's what I'm saying. You'd, you'd want it that everyone's obviously eating grass-fed no, and stuff like that. Yeah. But like in a situation, obviously, like even before, let's say you were earning well, with you having the dog, right? You had to not say you fed him lower class food, but like you know, you knew what the premium was, which was going to be healthy for him, right? Well, but you... not that's the thing with dog food, it's not all necessary. You look at the breakdown of the food, mm. obviously. With my dog, I really well found out very early that he is very allergic to maize products in dog food, mm. so you didn't so, have an option though, yeah. With that, so that would have been the cheaper range of food, right? With the yeah. maize product, yes. Yeah. Well, a lot of them do have maize in Okay. But the one brand that we fed him had a higher percentage of maize. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was like, okay, this is what I need to look out for. Mm-hmm. Low maize. A lot of dog food or dog uh, food manufacturers now, though, have sort of cut the maize out of their food. Mm-hmm. There's still a small percentage. I think it's like a filler or something that they use. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them now don't have maize, but... Like, I mean, I went and recently bought a maize-free product. It's not it's not the cheapest thing. I mean... So all of a I sudden now, because, because maize was the filler, it made it cheaper, right? Yeah. But then now, because it's maize-free, obviously it's better for your dog, but it's going to be a lot more expensive, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, the food I'm currently feeding him, a 25-kilo bag costs 850 rand. Yeah. I now bought him a 12-kilo bag for the same price. Yeah. And it's maize because it's maize free. So maize free, half the amount, same price. Yeah. So it's basically double the expense. So if you want to buy twenty five kilo, it would have been you know double. Yeah. Sure. And I mean, it's dogs can go on the the cheap dog feed. I mean, they they dogs, they're mm. quite resilient. I think it's more you get your more purebred dogs, then you might start having trouble, mm. and then dogs that have recessive genes, then you might also start seeing trouble so i mean i know my sister's doshrant he can't if he doesn't eat proper food his skin breaks out Mm. and yeah so now the question is to say like i would say chicken before the egg type thing but do you feel that if people are in the position to let's say not spend money on super things but let's say decide to spend money on better food right so i'm saying that's something that you obviously still even though, you know, it wasn't so great beforehand, you still made sure that you're like, well, obviously you were, you had the ability of 
having the farm, which was able to give you meat and stuff like that. But mm. would you rather say that, well, people should try bite the bullet and get not the premium quality stuff, but the good stuff first? Well, is there sort of a knock-on effect in to say that, okay, fine, like, technically speaking, I can afford cheaper, but I can also afford maybe to just go a bit up. And the benefits of that will be, let's say, like a healthier lifestyle and stuff like that, which might, let's say, lead to you performing better at your job, which will force you to, or not force you, enable you to get more income to actually buy the good stuff and then obviously live longer or something like that. So there is mm-hmm. sort of a benefit to, you know, biting the, the bullet and actually paying for more. So like for me, like that's obviously a thing with not saying all Macs and stuff like that, but like this is a 2015 Mac, right? Which other Windows computer could you buy from 2015 and still that it will perform that way, right? This iPhone that I have now, find it was, yeah, I got a, a cheap discount rates in Romania right mm. but I don't have to replace this for the next two to three years like compared yeah. to if I had not maybe not Samsung because it seems like they've caught up but if I had to get the top of the range Xiaomi at a you know but all the specs it's it's, it's, it's as, as equal to let's say the iPhone but it's not gonna carry the same trade in value or yeah, you know, retail no, value well, and stuff yeah, like that also. so do you feel like it's better to just bite the bullet and sometimes if you really can pay more so for a lot of people it's convenience mm. So like you go and buy your frozen packets of veggies because mm. it's convenient. All you do is just chuck in a pot, steam it, boil it, yeah. and it's ready. Same with your microwave food, already already made stuff. That's all nice and easy. Um, veggies are relatively simple. Mm. I mean, as long as you're buying fresh veggies and not frozen stuff, it should all the nutrition should be there. Mm. Um, obviously, there are... They are organic veggies. I'm, I'm not. I don't eat veggies, so I don't. I have a certain idea about it. But like, if it's organically grown, it means the farmer hasn't used pesticides or organophosphates on the veggies. So which is better for humans? Right? Which is better? Yeah. But yeah, and then you can just buy normal veggies. Just yeah, wash them and all of that, and you should get the nutrition from there. Um, meat wise. The problem is you're not going to always find it because mm. most supermarkets, even Woolworths, Woolworths might say grass-fed, but to be honest, Woolworths meat is not great. Mm. At least their steaks. I cannot stand their steaks. Mm. Um, it's got an awkward taste to it, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's like, I don't know, it's like there's a layer of something yes. on top of it. So yeah. now I do know what you mean no. because I, I thought there was something wrong with me that I was getting no. sick or something like no. that. But Will- I was like... There's an aftertaste to yeah, it. Yeah, all these steaks are not good. I don't know what they do to it, but it just isn't good. But I mean, most supermarkets, if you go in there, you're going to be buying feedlot meat. Because it makes the business right. Yeah, it's nice and cheap for them. They can buy it in bulk and they can get it through the door. Mm. Um, my advice would be go find a good butchery. Yes. Most butchers know where their meat comes from. Mm. Um, and then get them to cut the steaks that you want. They usually do have their normal cuts in that. If you want any, anything particular, you can always ask the butcher to do it. Mm. Um, that, for me, would be the best idea. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to pay a little bit more, but sometimes not even. I mean, if you get to know your local butcher yeah. and you become a, 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 a... You almost wanted to say fan favorite. <laughs> 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 Um, you become a constant customer. Yeah, I mean, oh, he might offer you, give you a discount every now. And yeah, because he sees you, you'd be like, oh, and I'll give you. A, yeah. yeah, he yeah. might give you ten percent off. Yeah, maybe give you, 
maybe these stakes were marked at 125 maybe he got it for a good price and he says okay i won't give you for that maybe i'll give you 100 bucks again mm. so there is that mm. but obviously you're gonna find the nice butcher the guy who's sourced his meat nicely mm. cured his meat himself sometimes mm. um and then you know just look at the meat as well i mean if the meat looks gray and sick then obviously don't eat it mm. if it's got like a white chalky fat also again not a great look yeah so you want a nice red piece of meat with some yellow in the fat at least but yeah a lot of people can't do that yeah and not too a lot of people can afford to it but that's what i'm saying i understand it a lot more now especially like when you come to the fact that there's a benefit to it like you know it's not i think sometimes we limit ourselves in that sense to be like well i can get it cheaper at this place right yeah um, except yeah, for some, there's certain things where definitely you can get it cheaper mm. like same thing with this HDMI cable like there's no way I'm going to ever go and take a lot.com to get one because they're getting from the same place all those guys yeah. they're rerouting it basically mm. they're buying from somewhere else they're selling on take a lot.com it's coming back from you at a higher, higher price so that one I understand but there's certain things which you cannot question which is obviously like the food that you eat yeah like no there's certain about. things that you shouldn't compromise even if you are paying maybe 20 rand extra mm. you just you know, don't compromise on that on that price it's stuff you're putting into your body it's fuel for your body yeah and if whatever you put into your body if you put shit into your body it's gonna behave like shit yeah i mean obviously some people can run like that but in the long term no that's what i'm saying i can probably run like that but that's what i'm saying i've never had the effects yet of it and well i mean it's a good time to put an end to it like before. for yourself being in the gym yeah if you're wanting to go that little step higher or wanting to maintain the pace that you currently are at yeah if you're not eating correctly or and crash. the right stuff, you are going to start injuring yourself. Mm. You're not going to have the correct number or the good number of proteins and nutrition and all of that to help. And then I'll have to I'll be forced to keep on or do extra subs and stuff yeah. like that, as you say. So you end up spending the money yeah. in another way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess that's the thing. You're always going to end up spending the money anyway. So you might buy it. You might obviously save now, but what's going to happen is that your medical fees are going to be a lot more expensive you end up compared to. It later on, yeah. yeah, you end up spending it later on. I guess that's that makes sense. You end up spending it later well, I mean, on. I guess yeah, it's, if it's something that you're going to be black with food, if it's something serious yeah. to you, I mean, not a lot for a lot of people. If with cars, for instance, I mean, if you're just driving in town, you're not doing more than sixty. Then you know, all means go buy mm -hmm. a nice cheap little car that's just going to get you from A to B in the city. Yeah. But I mean, if you are going on a long distance trip, you want to know, okay, you've got a bit of substance. Oh, excuse me. With a substance behind, you've got a bit of weight, you've got a, that safety factor. Mm. If you put your foot down, it's not going to take you 10 seconds to pass the vehicle ahead of you. Mm. You can get out into the oncoming traffic and then back in as quick mm. as possible. Mm. So there are some things where you just got to say, okay, it's a little bit more expensive, but oh, it's maybe it's going to last me a little bit longer and it's just going to feel better and... Mm be better for me in the future so. so at the end of the day your final message is don't be a cheapskate when it comes <laughs> in, to food and certain things <laughs> yeah definitely yeah i mean obviously there's some things where it's ridiculous to go and spend like chinese rings <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean if you find something that's decent quality and you know i'm going to keep this for years yeah then go and spend the extra grand two yeah. grand yeah because then at least you know Okay, I bought a decent, decent product. It's got a good name to it, and it's going to last me. I don't do I need to, as you say, do I need to replace it for yeah. a good number of years? So yeah. it's worth that little bit of extra money that you put into it. Yeah.
Okay, that's this week's uh, unsocial commentary, week number two. I think it's, I won't say it went better, but I'm guessing hopefully there's less background noise this time. But we'll listen to it and see how it goes. Anyway, take care. Cheers. Bye.